welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 192. If you're having trouble keeping up, just keep up with us. What did you say? Hi, Albert. Welcome back. Hi, Hi. Julius. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you to be back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Something back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Albert, let's get serious. Okay, yeah. This is going to be one of those days, audience. Today we are going to be talking about a newly released game from a publishing company, Game Time Anyway, called Upkeep, uh, designed by Alan Clint. I don't think I've ever heard of this particular company, but this is a game that had been kickstarted and uh, is currently getting released, and I want to take the opportunity to talk about it a bit. And it looked really nice. I'd never heard about it before. Did you back it in Kickstarter? I did back it on Kickstarter, yes. So we've had, uh, we've had it for... A while now, I can't even tell you exactly how long, but we've certainly had an opportunity to get a lot of co- a lot of plays of it in because my family, at least my younger kids, very much are enjoying it. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. I assume you got it's a. It looks like a family game, so I assume you got it to play with the kids and stuff. Indeed. Okay. Okay, so this is this is a really neat looking game. Um. So to summarize what this is, um, you are essentially trying to clean your lawn. The game will be going over a number of rounds, which you get to determine. Um, and every round, there's going to be some leaves, which are these hexagonal wood screen printed tokens are going to be coming out of this bag. And you it's kind of semi at random. We'll distribute them over your board and your board is your lawn. So you're going to have different areas on your lawn. You distribute all around and you're going to be able to take actions to clean them. When you have a stack of three maxing ones, you get to put them in one of your bins and when you get it in your bin, you will move on with things and be able to clear your whole board. If you, when you're playing solo or cooperative, if you manage to get everyone's board cleared before the game ends, you win. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so this is a game basic, basically about raking the yard? It is a game about raking the yard, making a giant pile <laughs> and getting to jump into it. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Okay. Is there a leaf blower in this? There's not a leaf blower. Uh, actually, one of the final Kickstarter um, stretch goals that they wanted to do was the power tools stretch goal. <laughs> they never managed to. So I assume they would have had the leaf blower and had a plan for it, but they didn't quite manage to get enough funding to be able to get that high up. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, what a neat game. Tis what tis. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So that is upkeep. Albert, shall we go ahead and start talking about the rules? Yes, let's do that. They're very colorful. Actually, no, I don't want to talk about the rules first. I, I, I want to move on to the theme. Okay. We need to come back to the rules later. Okay, fair enough. Cool. So talking about the theme, the theme is leaves. Over the course of the game, you get to rake your lawn um, and you get to put it into piles and you hire helpers and professionals to help you. And there are storms that will happen along the way. The art, as you mentioned, is all very fun, very family oriented, very friendly. And all of it generally helps to really push the theme. It is to a certain degree abstracted because for some reason, like you can't fill up more of a thing and you can't empty the trash, except for at certain times. So it is abstracted to a certain degree, but no one really gets in the way of the fun of 
my goal is to clean my lawn of all these leaves that keep falling. All that continues to help with the theme, even though like if you think about it too hard, it's going to break down some. But I think that they really do help push the theme a lot. The game can be played either cooperative or competitive. So if you're playing cooperative, which is about the only way I get my family to play it, um, that means everyone's trying to clear off their um, lawns by the end of the game. If you're playing competitive, you're trying to be the first person to clear off your lawn, in which case you win and everything stops. If nobody manages to by the end of the game, then there's a point scoring method. Never having actually played a competitive, I don't really have the ability to tell you too much other than that, other than my assumptions of how it would work, because the basic gameplay mechanics are the same, other than just win. Mm-hmm. And so the I assume the solo mode is basically the same as the cooperative mode. It is. It is the exact same thing, except you're trying to beat your own points. Okay. So all of that, as mentioned, helps really sell the theme. Let us talk about the components. Now then, I did get the deluxe version on Kickstarter. So I'm going to try and talk about both of them. One thing that I am very impressed by is their insert. They Part of this game, as mentioned, has these hexagonal wooden leaf tokens. And they're going to be over the course of the game in a cloth bag. Decent cloth bag. can use that very well with my big hands to pull out tokens. Um, when you discard leaves from your board, from your bins, they actually included this nice little cardboard mini box that is a discard box. And there's the plastic insert has a special spot for that little box to go. There's guided places to take them back out. There's room and the cards for the cards to be sleeved. The box itself has little divots and slots for the different components to be held nicely and for the player boards to be held nicely. Like they put a ton of thought into the plastic insert and into this cardboard discard box. And it's, it's a really well-designed insert. Uh, It's kind of funny that I'm saying it's so well-designed and it's an insert, but Mm -hmm. credits do. They did a really good job with the insert. You know, that seems to be a thing going on lately, right? Because we talked about a game two weeks ago that had a great insert. Mm-hmm. A very well designed, very well thought out insert. There's there's also Parks. Have you seen that game? That's got a really nice insert too that is all shaped and it kind of looks like a log and everything. Mm-hmm. I like that everybody's like really putting effort into the inserts now. I agree. Um, in terms of other components, um, the cards are decent quality. And the player boards all are good quality. None of them have shown any warping. All are held relatively nicely. And all of the graphic design looks very pretty. I'm going to get back into the rules of the graphic design perhaps later. But all the graphic design looks pre- looks very nice. Um, they include it also. So one of the things you can do is each lawn is split into four sections. For example, you can have it be split into your deck your actual lawn, the grassy part, your pool, and your roof. So leaves can come on any any of those parts. And over the course of the game, you can buy using money that you get from from harvesting, trading in leaves, money, currency, sunshine is what they actually call it, <laughs> money. Um, so you can buy tools to make it easier to clean those, which translates mechanically to extra actions. Those tools are these little plastic discs 
that essentially what I'm not quite sure how they made these, but it feels like they did is that they took some paper pictures and embedded them between two pieces of resin plastic. I think mm. I'm I'm not, it's a different style thing than I've seen before. So it's not like a shaped meeple. It's not like even printed on a cardboard shit. I kind of actually would have preferred a cardboard shit over these. These ones, the the picture sort of looks, I mean, it looks like it's inside a coin capsule, I would almost say, except that it looks like it's on a coin capsule, but stuck to one side of it. Because it's not like right in the middle of the two pieces of plastic, like it's to one side. And also because of the way they did it, it's reversible. And one side, so it's supposed to go in a specific spot on your board. If you flip it over, it's mirrored from the way it's supposed to be on the board. Like, if you would have printed it differently, that wouldn't have happened. I guess because of the way they had to do it, it had to be mirrored so that you couldn't see bleed through. But if it would have just been in circled cardboard shits, it wouldn't have been. I don't know why they felt the need to do that. I don't think, I don't think it's nicer than just a circle cardboard shit. I, I don't. But I mean, this but, do you, but this game is for for younger audience. Do you think they would enjoy it? My kids can't tell the difference. Like, do your kids think it's really neat? No. Oh, okay. My my kids think what my kids think is neat is that at one point in time you can hire helpers that come with pets. So you can hire helpers that come with cats and dogs. So they like the cat <laughs> and dog cards. That's what they like, and they like the fact that everybody is young and childish <laughs> and that it's leaves and you can make leaf piles. They don't care about the little plastic bits. <laughs> Does everybody jump into the leaf piles after they've picked them up? No, nobody jumps into the leaf piles. <laughs> you don't let them? Oh, gosh. It's in a box. <laughs> anyway, so that is the basic components. If you did, because the deluxe components are still available, there's a couple upgrades that you get for the deluxe components. One of them that I think is relatively nice is the sunshine tokens if you're in the basic version of the game the sunshine tokens are just those cardboard shits i was previously talking about they're ones printed on an orange circle if you get the upgrade they're plastic suns so granted money doesn't is really abstracted anyway but the plastic suns are definitely a lot nicer than just a cardboard circle in this case with a one printed on it the one is basic and bland um also each character has a meeple and that meeple is used to track which area you're working on currently. You could do that in your head, have the meeple is nice, but with the deluxe version, you have a screen-printed meeple instead of just your basic meeple shape. Um, and the screen-printed meeples are very small, but really well done. They look, they look great. They look very nice. Granted, they're small, but they look very nice. There is also a bonus meeple. The bonus meeple is for tracking the game progress. Each round is technically divided into five stages so you can use the meeple to track on the center board which stage everyone in the game is on we never take this meeple out anymore i don't think we even (laughs) really took the meeple out anyway so this is a whole component that really is not necessary oh well (laughs) Mm. it's a backup component yeah it kind of (laughs) Anyway, so, I mean, I suppose that one player can be purple if they wanted, but yeah, it's not really a necessary component. And then they have upgraded dice. So the regular game has three dice that are used for randomizing how many leaves are coming out of the bag. 
And with the upgraded ones, instead of having wood dice, you have nice plastic dice. And the plastic dice are relatively nice. I think with all of that, I've basically covered the components, but I just want to talk one more thing about how nice many of these aspects are. I especially like the feel of using the main, the main component you're going to use in the course of the game is going to be those hexagonal wooden leaf tokens. And they are really nice. They have a nice heft to them. They look very nice. They're easily distinguished between each other and they look great. They look great on the board. They are fun to play with the components of the game make the game fun to play in general. So kudos for making those components well-designed. You really could have done for the leaves, those cardboard shits we were talking about, make them even circle instead of hexagonal would have been easier to cut, I think. But making them wood, making them come out of the bag like that makes them much more durable, a lot more fun to play with. And just in general, I really do like the components for the game. Mm-hmm. They, it looks really nice, and they're bright and colorful and everything, yeah. It's just, they look fun. Indeed. So, in that case, let us move on to the gameplay of the game. And I know I'm skipping rules. I will come back and discuss the rules once I've talked <laughs> a bit about how the gameplay plays. So, okay. in terms of the gameplay, let me go through the general stages. So, you're going to have a weather draw pile. And the rules provide, in the middle of the rules, um, a list of how you can set up the draw pile. So, for example, if you want to play a moderate difficulty normal game, you put anywhere between three to five storms in the deck and anywhere between eight to ten calm weather cards in the deck. You then shuffle those up and... That's your weather deck. And each round, you're going to be revealing one of those cards. And those cards will determine where the leaves come out and if any special effects happen. If it's just calm weather, so it could be that the leaves are only going to come out on a specific section or even a, some of the sections of your board, or maybe even all over your board. If it's a storm, usually something bad happens, like extra leaves fall in a certain place, or you lose actions in a certain place, or leaves are blown from one spot to another spot. There's Every storm is unique. Every storm card is unique, rather, and all of them do different things. So that helps add versatility while still mixing with the calm weather so that you have opportunities for, <laughs> I suppose, calmness, normalness, in order to be able to actually progress with cleaning up your board, which is, I suppose, an important thing. Um, so you'll make that weather deck and then the first thing you'll do is you'll find a, the weather card and you'll pull it out. You'll roll the dice to determine how many, um, storm cards you have. That's the second phase is you roll the dice or excuse me, determine how many leaves are coming out of the bag. That's the second phase. Third phase is based on the total value shown on the dice. You will take leaves out of the bag and place them wherever it is that they're supposed to go. So let's say that you rolled four and five. So you will pull one at a time, nine leaves from the bag and put them out on the spots in your board using the placement rules. And in general, the placement rules are you put one in an area, then you move to the next one and put one in that. So let's say that you had a pool, a lawn, a roof, and a deck in your area. So you'd put one in the pool, one in lawn, one in roof, one in deck, and then 
repeat and keep doing that over and over again. Those are the general placement rules. So you'll keep doing that. Then you will redeem any ones. So if you ever make a stack of three and you have an open bin to put them in, you will, when you're cleaning your yard, have the opportunity to put a stack of leaves into your bin. At this phase of the game, the redeem, after you've already put out leaves, but before you've had an opportunity to clean them up, you now have the ability to trade in your stacks of leaves for sunshine tokens. And the amount of sunshine tokens you get is based on how many bins you've cleaned up. Every player has three bins and their scratch bin. Scratch bins, unless you have a special card, doesn't give you any sunshine tokens. But if you're trading in all three of your bins, you get five. If you're trading only one of your bins, you only get one. If you're trading two, you get three. Mm. So obviously you want to try and trade in as many at a time as possible. But on the other hand, on the other hand, you got to make money to earn money. You have to trade in your bins to get something to get yourself moving on and trade in for helpers or professionals or extra moves, things like that. Once you've gotten your sunshine token, the final stage of the game is the cleaning yard phase. At this point in time, you will be able to take a move unless some other rules imply in each of your actions one at a time. And the amount of moves you get is based on how much you've upgraded. But at the beginning of the game, you get one move in each. So first you'll take a move in pool, then a move in lawn, then a move in roof, then a move in deck. The general moves are either if you have like three in a row or three in an L you can, for a single move, stack them all up in one spot. Otherwise, your move is just push a leaf to the next spot or somewhere else. Um, and so you get to take one move in each area in order. And hopefully you'll be able to make stacks. And if you make a stack, it'll instantly pop over to your bin so that when you get back around to the redeem upgrade section, you get to do it again. And rinse and repeat. Keep doing that until either somebody wins, all of you win, or until the weather deck is empty. Um, that's the basic gameplay mechanics, I think. Okay. So, sounds straightforward enough. Let me talk now about the rules. Having introduced a bunch of the gameplay, I'm going to talk a bit about the rules, and then I'm going to talk a bit more about my thoughts on the gameplay. I mentioned that you build a deck, and that you build the deck by mixing in some amount of calm weather cards and some amount of storm cards. Now, keep in mind, you're supposed to be playing this either cooperatively or competitively. And the difficulty is based on how many cards you put in the game. If you want to have a really difficult game, don't put very many cards in your deck. If you want to have an easy game, put more cards in your deck. So for moderate difficulty, you put in somewhere between three to five storms and somewhere between eight to ten calm weather. And so I ask you, if you're actually playing a moderate difficulty, how many cards do you put in your deck? I don't know. Somewhere between 3 to 5 and 8 to three 10. To right, so it's somewhere between 11 and 15 yeah. cards are going to be in the deck. If I have 11, the game is harder. If I have 15, the game is easier. Is this just that I get to pick how easy it is I want it? I see what you're saying. It's not very clear. Or is it, or does it really mean there's a total of, I don't know, some number, like 13? If there is, it doesn't you, say. For each storm you put in, you take off. Yeah, it's not clear. 
It doesn't say. And there might be that right way. Yeah, make it as Who easy knows? as you want or as hard as you want. If you want an easy game, put in no storms and 12 calm weathers. If you want a really hard game, put in seven storms and six calm weathers. Mix it up however you want between here and there. Whatever it is that you feel, life is your o- oyster. Pick what you want. Do anything. Sure. Go for it. This is going to be a theme of do whatever you want. We put the components in front of you, do whatever you want. Here, let me continue for a moment. So I've mentioned (laughs) these beautiful boards. They look like a lawn. Albert, when you go down from your deck to your grassy area, do you normally see a set of stairs there? On one side, yes. On the other side, no. Sure. But all of these boards (laughs) have a set of stairs to go down from the deck to the lawn. Um, those So normally from most of the boards, the deck area is bordered by an orange line and the lawn area is bordered by green lines. Mm-hmm. These stairs are bordered half by orange and half by green lines. Are they deck or are they lawn? You don't know. <laughs> no real information i asked they said well we normally house rule it that you can pick it as whichever one you want whenever you want it's a flexible spot that gives you more the flexibility. designers house rule it yes that's what they said that doesn't make sense the designers yes that's what they said <laughs> wait 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 i have more so i mentioned about setting up this draw pile so when you're setting up the draw pile what it also says in the rules is that you take one of the storm cards and lay it face up on the discard pile. Then proceed to make a deck using the table below of the number of storm cards. Does that include the one on the discard pile? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But And also in the first round, you had me put one in the discard pile. Is that supposed to be the one that's active in the first round? Like, it's very common in many games that you, like, skip the bad thing the first round. Many games have you skipped the bad thing the first round. So is the calm weather there to skip the storms phase the first round so that we don't have to deal with the storm phase until we're all ready? Is is that what that means? Or, or, or what? what? I don't... It's really not clear so i asked the designers so the designer says the idea is yes we want it to be nice and easy for the first one so actually the first round you skip the check weather you just use the one in the discard pile they didn't actually answer if that means that you detract from the number of the table but presumably the number of the table is totally up to you anyway so it it doesn't really detract from it since the number of the table is anyway up to you anyway moving on from that but they said that the the idea is that, yes, you skip the storm phase the first time so that you can just have calm weather the first round. And actually, they house rule the game most commonly to put a second calm weather on the top of the deck so that you have calm weather the second round also is how they house rule it. You may repeat mm. your question. <laughs> they, they have house rules? They're the designers. Yeah, they're the designers. They're <laughs> That's not rules. a house rule. That's not a house rule. It's the designers doing it. It's, it's it's an official rule that they didn't tell anybody. It really should be, right? <laughs> You'd think so. 
So let me also set up something else for you. So this this is theoretically designed to be either cooperative or competitive. Mm-hmm. And each round, a certain amount of leaves are going to come out based on a random roll of the dice. And those dice can make either six leaves come out or 12 leaves come out every round. And at the beginning of the game, you start with 12 leaves. But imagine if the first round you get another 12 leaves and the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds, you get 12 leaves every time. Let's let's not say extremes. Let's say you get 10, 11, 9, 10, 12. Let's say you get all the really high numbers for most of the rounds. Granted, that gives you more opportunities to theoretically trade in for sun, but you can only trade in one of each stacks each round. Mm-hmm. So you may have lots of opportunities to trade in sun, but you're going to be feeling pretty overwhelmed with leaves. You can't win at that point in time. The dice that you have no control and no mitigation over have killed your game. You cannot win in that case. Let's actually go the opposite, just mentioning it. Let's say that you only ever roll six. Only ever roll six. You get almost no leaves. Mm -hmm. Well, in that case, you probably aren't going to have enough stacks to actually trade in for suns to upgrade moves And you kind of need to have at least one fully upgraded area to win the game. Because one of the bonus things you get is that if you have a fully upgraded area, you can trade in sunshines to just discard leaves. You're probably going to need that at the end of the game to win. But if you aren't getting stacks, you can't get sunshines, you can't get upgraded, so you can't win. And if you roll really low, you just can't win. You can't. I assume this is only true in the cooperative mode. In the competitive mode, it wouldn't necessarily matter. It would just make the game go longer, right? Well, the game still ends once the weather deck is done. But you're kind of correct. In the competitive mode, kind of theoretically, it's all a wash. Because if I'm having a hard time, they're having a hard time. So that means that everybody just isn't able to clear the board. When the game ends, instead of having an actual winner, we will have to total it all up and figure out a winner at that point in time. And we'll see, we'll see after totaling all up. Totaling it up is not too difficult of a thing to do. But yeah, you just won't have a clear winner. So it all washes out. Everyone's just having a hard time. But if you're playing solo or co-op and you're having a hard time, you just lose. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a game where it feels like the intent was very much designed for, for competitive. And they threw in co-op by just simply saying, everybody get along and try and win together. Without really thinking too much about co-op or solo because it can fall apart pretty quickly. And I think that same oversight lasted through to other aspects of the game. Here's, here's another example. They've included for this a number of extra um, mini expansions in the box. So for example, you can have a mini expansion where there's a first player token. So theoretically, when we're playing the game, we'll run through all the phases and we'll say, okay, everyone, do all five of your phases. We figure out the storm. Everyone, pull your leaves out, randomize them, put them out, trade in for buy stuff, clear your leaves. When you get up to the next storm phase, wait for everyone to catch up. But don't like, 
wait at every single time that just keep going and we just do that and then i'll normally look over my kids and help them out give suggestions things like that but you you don't have to wait for everyone else really they have a mode where there's a little tree included where whoever finishes their phase first can grab the tree then roll a die and get some sort of bonus because they went faster so you can add in a timed element or you can add in wild leaves. So there's a, another bag of, of purple leaves that you can throw in that are wild that can be put into a stack of any three. Or there's a stack of dandelions that if you put them in a stack of any three, they cancel that whole stack and it can only be put into the trash. Um, and there's a, a, there's a set that if you turn them over, so normally you need a stack of all the three same types. If you turn over some of the bins, you can have a stack of different three types. So like there's, there's different things. They give you some mix and match cards where you can theoretically randomize which expansions you want. Maybe you'll get the wild ones. Maybe you'll get the dandelions. Question. If you are looking for a more difficult game and you get the wild, well, the wild made it easy. Too bad. If you're looking for an easier game, you get the, the dandelions. You made your game harder. Too bad. Draw again. Like, what was the point? Did they really just have extra cards? And I questioned if they had extra cards, why not? Like I mentioned before, this um, the the Power Tools expansion. You know, they probably could have included that instead of the literally useless mix and match cards. Because why would you ever randomize when some of them make it easier, some of them make it harder, some of them do wildly different things like add a timed version to the game or make it so you have to all work together or heavens knows. Like they, if, if the mix and match were here's a bunch of more difficult things you know, some other games, like they all have different expansions and all of them essentially add more stuff to make it more difficult, like Oni Rim, for example, or Proving Grounds, something to make it more difficult, more complicated. Sure. Some of these literally make it easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, that's all they do. <laughs> easier. They make it more stressful because you have to rush and beat everyone else. Like, why would you want to randomize that? But they included it. And... <sighs> Much of the rules for this game give me a sense of someone who did not think about it quite all the way. They didn't do it. Okay. So let me ask you, do your kids feel the same way about this game? Because no, I'm wondering if your issue is that you're you're not the target audience really, right? It's eight plus and you're a few years above eight. So maybe, maybe it's just not fun for you because it's not meant for you. I appreciate you bringing that up. My kids love the game. That's uh-huh. they do. They really like the game. They have a ton of fun playing this, playing with the leaves and playing all together. They do not like the game competitive. They hate it competitive. They do not want to fight against each other to do this. My kids do not like losing in games generally. Um, we generally try to play cooperative games, or you know, they do like games like My Little Scythe, but even mm-hmm. then, like one who loses is always sad for like the next day. <laughs> like <laughs> we play okay. that. That is the sort of thing they should get over, but they only want to play it cooperative. And literally when I'm playing with them and it gets to the end of the deck, they're like, eh, we're just going to have clear skies until we finish the game. We're just going to keep doing <laughs> they So just they just ignore the weather. You see, the, <laughs> the, the designers think like the, your kids. 
<laughs> like, eh, you know, just do whatever you want. doesn't matter. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> if you would enjoy playing with the leaves and making stacks and just doing what you want, it is a very fun game. My kids <laughs> very much enjoy it, really like it, are having a great time with it. And I mentioned we've taken that a bunch, a bunch of times. Primarily, it's because my kids really, really like it. Mm-hmm. They stop liking it. It is not long for my shelves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so do your kids, I, and I guess they don't, th- do they get frustrated because the game gets really hard when, when you roll bad? Or does it not bother them because they'll just not worry about the rules so much and kind of just fudge it along? To tell you the honest truth, if we roll bad, we keep playing out past where the deck ends. Ah. They don't, and then care. the weather just stops. <laughs> well, it's it's not that the weather just stops. We just keep playing rounds as if it was clear weather every time. Gotcha. And okay. at that point in time, you will just continue to upgrade and upgrade until you have the max moves, the max helpers everywhere, and you can just clear everything up. And they're like, "Okay, we we did it. We cleared everything up. Like <laughs> we won." <laughs> and like, there's if the game doesn't really ever end, like there's no challenge but they have a lot of fun doing that they love playing with the leaves and making the stacks in terms of complexity of mechanics it is great for a 10 year old it's really it's it's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. for a six-year-old like these are mechanics that they can understand and play they need some help to a degree with strategy i'm not certain my son doesn't often cheat whether on purpose (laughs) or on accident um i'm pretty sure he's cheating on accident I think he may be cheating on purpose. I don't know. I'm not that concerned. And and when you're young, the the line between an accident on purpose can be so fuzzy. Anyway, who can say? Yeah. yeah. You know, my son when um when he was younger, he's 13 now. We would play Star Realms, and you know we would finish the game, and it's like, oh well, look at that. I'm gonna beat you again, Nicholas. I've got like 100 points, and you've got three. And he says, wait, wait, wait. Let's just do one more round and let's pretend that you didn't attack me this turn. And then the next turn and the turn after that. And then and then we'd do that for, you know, five or six rounds. And, oh, my gosh, what a surprise. He beat me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he would love that. You know, he'd, he'd have mind as long as we just kind of kept going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't actually need to be challenged. They just want to play the game. Yeah. Yes. They, they, they want to go. And this is a great game for that because the pieces are nice. The game looks pretty and it's, it's fun. You know, you're dealing with leaves and whatnot. So I could see that working. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, and so, also comes to like some scenarios that theoretically they could play if they wanted. I don't know if they ever will. I won't. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Have you played this solo much at all? I have played the solo. I've played it a number of times because I wanted to be fairly certain of my feelings. And my feelings are that you okay. can make it very hard or you can make it very easy and there's no real clarity on where the design is guided for. And even when you make it very hard, it can turn out to be really easy. And if you make it really easy, it can turn out to be really hard if the dice don't roll one way or the other. And there's almost nothing you can do about that. And having now played it mm-hmm. seven, seven times solo, because it doesn't take that long to play, but I wanted to be very certain before I would say what I'm saying. And I'm very certain. Mm-hmm. You know where this game would be good? You get home from a really hard, stressful day and you want to do something, just get your mind off everything. You don't want to have to think or worry about anything. You know, you would set it up. You don't care how hard or easy it is. You just want to kind of play with the little bits and 
See, and distract yourself from, from real life. Because if I don't want to think, I will read a book. If I want to enjoy thinking about something other than real life, I will invest myself in a game because for me, I find the mental investment in something other than work helps me get my mind off work and, and stop thinking about work. But if I'm not thinking about anything, my mind will naturally go back to work. That's why I want to play games is for the mental investment. This doesn't have that mental investment or I suppose it does, but it's, it kind of feels cheapened. Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so don't pick this up for yourself. If you're going to play solo, but if you've got kids and they might enjoy it, you might get a little distraction I mean, here and there sometimes. Again, Maybe. I don't think this, it could be that the game is great competitive because again, everything washes out. That's right. But we are living in a coronavirus world. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get to play this competitive. I'm not going to be bringing this to the store, even if we had one and it's just <laughs> not going to happen. So it could be that it's great for competitive. I will emphasize. I'm not really reviewing it for the competitive. I'm reviewing <laughs> co-op version. I'm reviewing one player podcast. solo version. Exactly. I'm reviewing co-op and solo. Maybe I could talk about the family version, which was essentially just basics, the rules even more and takes out some of the rules. There is a family version to make mention of it, um, which just, takes out like some of the helpers and some of the storms and makes things even easier. And oh, wow. it's, it's actually even too easy for my kids. Um, the, the game's level of complexity at its base version is a perfectly fine family style level. And my kids did not need the even more basic version. So, but that is the, I'm, I'm very much focused on reviewing it for, for the distinguished solitaire gamer, I would recommend making a pass. For the child gamer, the, 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 the gamer with the children who would like to be able to play along with them and have a lot of fun, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> For the rules lawyer. For the rules lawyer, you should most definitely stay away from it. If it bothers <laughs> you about the fact that the designers have house rules, stay away. <laughs> If you love house rules yourself, have fun. And, <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. Again, it's staying on my shelves and we're going to keep pulling it out over and over again because my kids really love it. I will never ever play without them. <laughs> and then one day the game will just disappear. This is, this is a classic example of a game is for someone, even if not for me. This is a classic example. Many reviewers talk about it. This game is for someone, not for me. <laughs> well, thank you, Julius, for, for sharing this game with us. I've never heard about it. It looks super pretty, but I do think I'll pass. <laughs> Sorry, Albert. I apologize for <laughs> ruining all your enthusiasm for upkeep. Oh, well. <laughs> Upkeep's a lot of work. May you find many piles of leaves to jump into anyway. Yep. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you very much, and we'll be back next week. Have a good time. Bye-bye.
thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.